Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer Podcast. Uh, I'm Bruce Singer. I'm the host of the Bruce Singer Podcast. And I'm also CEO of Canada CFOs, which provides uh, on-contract contract CFOs, part-time CFOs, and fractional CFOs. And we're very passionate about the food industry, health and wellness. And I'm thrilled to have a guest on today, Richard, Richard, Richard Rapkin. I'll describe Richard. Richard is the managing director of Core Cashwood Council of Canada. Uh, he's also a lawyer, seven years a lawyer in MBA, and interesting individual. He's also a rabbi by trade. So uh, this is a first for me, by the way. Rabbi, lawyer, and an entrepreneur in a way. Uh, yes. Pardon? Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you, Bruce. It's usually a first for many people as well. I guess it's, there's not a lot of people that have all those three things. It's it's amazing. And actually, in his career, he worked in the entertainment division. He worked in legal at CTV before he was at uh, Core Cashtooth Council. And today we're going to talk about kosher food, a lot of good stuff. And uh, it's going to be very insightful uh, for sure. So, Richard, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's great having you. Thanks for having me on, Bruce. I'm really excited. Okay. So first we're going to talk about what is, explain what, what the Cashtooth Council of Canada actually is. And what it actually does in its mission. I'd like to know what what they what you guys do. Yeah. Sure. So we are a not-for-profit organization that certifies food as kosher. Okay. okay. We certify about a thousand facilities, uh, both uh, in Canada and abroad. And um, you may recognize our core symbol, which the you know the letters C O R in an oval, which you would see on food products in grocery stores both Canada and abroad. And we also, so that's our industrial certification. By industrial, we mean our factories that produce food. And then we also certify local food service establishments, restaurants, caterers, okay. retirement homes, things like that in the GTA, in the greater Toronto area. Yeah, because I've seen your, I've seen the sign. Like I look at, I look at foods and I see restaurants. I see them, I see them everywhere. I see this. Is your organization limited it's canada only or do you certify outside of canada like internationally as well right so the majority is in canada um but you know just like i'm sure there's lots of producers out there who sell their canadian products globally uh canada has a great reputation for quality and politeness and friendliness so uh you know so too we certify companies around the world as well perhaps they want a little bit of our canadian um, friendliness as well very cool. So what is kosher food? And what right. is a kosher so, restaurant, kosher facility? What exactly? You're certifying something to be something. Right. What exactly right. Is, the, is the goal here? Yeah. yeah. Right. So the word kosher really comes from Hebrew. It's an ancient word. And in our context here, it means fit for consumption. Okay. Right. So something that's kosher, you could eat it. And something that's not kosher, somebody who keeps kosher wouldn't eat it. Right. And we even use that in the lexicon. Right. If you say, hey, that's not kosher. Or even you're doing something on your taxes, that's not kosher, right? Like, so we kind of get this idea, right? Not you, Bruce. You not do you, that. No, I've done it. Not, I've done no, it. no, no. You've never done something non-kosher in your taxes. Don't, don't admit that right now on the Bruce Singer show. Um, but right, so so we have things that are kosher and non-kosher. Uh now the the Bible, or as we call it, the Torah in Hebrew, outlines a number of animals that are, are non-kosher and kosher, um, and a number of rules as well. But really, um, the over thousands of years, um, there's a lot more details, and those details are in other Jewish works. 
So for example, you know, what might be more, most relevant to consumers today is that things, let's say like probably most people know that pork is not kosher, right? Most yeah. people know that. Um, it's also not, not in conformity with the, with the halal diet as well. So we have a lot of halal consumers that rely on kosher. So pork is not kosher. Um, and animals, let's say a cow needs to be uh, slaughtered in a very, very specific regimented way. So again, what does that mean in stores? Uh, if you're shopping for groceries, something like gelatin most likely is not going to be kosher. Mm. Um, and uh, that's just one example, but there are a whole lot of rules that revolve around kosher. And that is kind of what we do. You know, we have a number of rabbis on staff. We have about 100 people uh, across the country who work for us, some full-time, some part-time. And we, you know, basically are making sure that all of those rules that are prescribed um, and that have been kept for thousands of years for kosher consumers are the ones that are being implemented in the facility when you see a core certification on a package. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned something about the animal, how it's slaughtered. Let's look at common beef. Common, right? Uh, and chicken, I assume, same thing. Both both of these, just ones that I'm most familiar with. So so it's slaughtered differently, but what is, is there, is there actual health? Is it, is it a religious benefit or is there actual health benefit to it? Like what is, what, from a layman's point of view, like, right. You know? So uh, ultimately uh, a, you know, believing kosher consumer such as myself does it because the Bible says to do it, God says to do it and we do it right. That's ultimately the answer. Um, but you're asking, is there anything healthier or safer about it? Um, there certainly is a perception that it is. And I guess that yeah, is, is one, right. That's an important reason why companies uh, seek certification. You know, I was in the doctor's office recently and the nurse um, who was taking my blood asked me what I did. And I told her, you know, the kosher council. And she says, oh, yeah, you know, I only buy kosher chicken when I'm at Costco because it's, you know, it's it's better, it's safer, it's healthier or what have you. Right? There is that perception. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think, I, I mean, I don't recall seeing um, many recalls, for example, of kosher meat. Uh, you do see a lot of recalls of non-kosher, or at least you read about it or hear about it. I have not uh, I don't recall ever reading uh, or hearing about one. So uh, anecdotally, is it healthier, safer? Maybe there's certainly a lot more care that goes into the the slaughter process. It's smaller quantities. And so, uh, I, again, I think that there is certainly a, a perception out there that there is something healthier or safer about kosher. Okay. And uh, and also it applies to meat, it applies to, could apply to dairy products, could apply to jams, food, it could apply to everything. Right yeah. across the board, maple syrup. I've seen it on the maple syrup, uh, the maple syrup logo. Okay, so there. good. Yeah. So let's take yeah. maple syrup for yeah. one just small yeah. example. So why would something like maple syrup comes from trees? You know, why would it need a kosher certification? Good question. Good question. <laughs> okay, fine. Actually, why does anything need a kosher certification? Right, That's a right. Broad, I can answer that broadly. Bru yeah. Bruce, I'm stealing your job. I'm asking all the questions. Okay, sure. Go okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so the way that some... Um, places make maple syrup. You know, maple syrup is something that's done on a kind of craft localized basis. Oftentimes, let's say a farm will have trees and they tap the trees and out comes maple. And so you might have them doing, I don't know, 100 trees. Sometimes if you're driving uh, 
in the, the country roads, you'll see people saying, hey, stop, and you can buy some maple syrup or something like that. So, so it's kind of a little bit of a craft product. Now, when you go through the process of making the maple syrup, they usually use something called a defoamer. A defoamer is to kind of, you know, keep it from foam and bubbling and, and what have you because they have to heat it. And oftentimes what they did is they used a defoamer that was uh, had a lard base to it. And lard, as we know, is uh, is pig fat. Yes. So, right. So, so we need to make sure that the defoamer um, is a, a kosher variety. And so that is usually why um, something like maple syrup will, will require kosher certification. Interesting. So if I see if I see your certification, I it's for sure doesn't have lard. So there's a there's a probability that the non the maple syrup doesn't have the certification would have lard in it or other other. I, well, it depends, you know. But I don't know if I would state. make that extrapolation yeah, yeah. because sometimes it's first of all sometimes uh, a manufacturer just doesn't isn't interested. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's complicated. You know, we had uh, one application from maple syrup manufacturer who sourced the base maple syrup from a number of different farms. And so it was difficult for us to say, we were saying, okay, well, you know, let's say he's sourcing from a hundred different farms. So are we gonna go audit a hundred different farms to make sure they were using the right defoamer? Like it just got a little bit too complicated. So sometimes there are other reasons why a product might not have kosher certification. Interesting. So what is the, so what, what are the other reasons? What are the, so what are the, the core reasons for kosher certification? What are the core reasons like right across the board? Why does someone call like I do, I have I have clients that do a lot of work in the health food industry, and one thing I noticed like a lot of the the natural food products like almost all of them have kosher certification on it. Why right. is that? Why is that? So yeah. so ultimately the answer is because companies think that it's a wise business decision, right? Okay. There there are um, a lot of people that rely on kosher certification, not just you know guys who are traditional kosher consumers like me. Um, in fact, there are studies, uh, two studies, in fact, one done by Mintel, which is a market research firm, another by Cannondale and Associates, two uh, market research firms, and they studied kosher consumers. Why do you, you consider yourself, you're buying this because this is a kosher product, why? And only a very small percentage, I think seven or 8% were Jewish, okay? So so who, who are these other people? Yeah. Well, you have other religious faiths. So I mentioned halal consumers, yeah. right? Um, they rely on kosher a fair bit because there's a lot of crossover. Uh, there are vegetarians and vegans who rely on kosher. There are people with certain allergies, let's say crustacean allergies. Uh, and there's people who, who feel more comfortable that it's healthier or safer because there's another set of eyes who are watching this product. So there are a lot of different groups that rely on kosher certification. And ultimately, these consumers um, speak, so to speak, um, to the the owners of these labels, and they say, we would like to see this product be kosher certified if we're going to buy it. And so then the company says, hey, Kosher's Council Canada, they say, hey, Richard Rabkin, um, you know, let's talk about CTV later. Let's talk about COR now and tell us why do we want to have kosher certification? We have a conversation about it. And they ultimately say, yeah, um, this is a wise business decision for us. So uh, yeah, so at the end of the day, this is just something that companies look at and they think, and I think rightly so, that this is uh, a good business decision. You're right, because the, ultimately the consumer drives the behavior if they want to meet consumer demand. That's Otherwise, if you're not meeting consumer demand and, and as trends change, if you're not following the consumer trend, 
Well, you know, how you know what happens then? It becomes a bit of a problem because you did a tremendous. And I was looking at your website. Uh, you did a, I guess you did a, 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 um, a, a partnership with Loblaws. You know, uh, you want to talk about that? How did that? Yeah, sure. And and that's actually something that I was just going to comment, yeah. um, Bruce. Is that you know sometimes if it's the consumers that voice their support for kosher, and sometimes it's retailers. And because retailers see the data and they say, oh, hang on a second. When this product becomes kosher, automatically the sales go up. So that must mean that, you know, kosher is good. And Loblaws was one of those retailers. All all the retailers, by the way, in Canada are fantastic. Sobeys, um, Metro, uh, Costco, don't want to, Walmart, don't want to leave anybody out. But I'm just um, speaking from personal experience because you mentioned Loblaws. Because so, they just have to pick up on it, the website. Right, yeah. right. So, yeah, so 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 Loblaws kind of noticed this trend. Um, and we started a discussion with them. And they, you know, really were aggressive in their private labor program, right? Their president's choice and no-name program. And they, in seeking out kosher certification for their private label products. And one of the things that, they thought was it would be good to have some uniformity with the kosher certification and it would be good to be able to interface with you know one agency uh us the cor in order to kind of be their voice for kosher be their guide um and so that's ultimately what happened so yeah so we are the exclusive kosher certifier for loblaws and that means that if you see a uh, loblaws private label product president's choice um, no name blue menu black label those types of things you will see the core kosher symbol on it congratulations but you're you're right you're right you know interesting so interesting you know how that kind of kind of goes above because everybody today like i've studied trends in the food industry and more and more people are looking at all the labels and where it comes from and, and much more than they did 10 years ago they want to know exactly what they're buying and interesting i got another question now when i buy products i see core most of the time but i see there's a u I see other kosher, and someone even search someone said it's kosher, but even not a label. Well, that don't touch because <laughs> it just wrote it's kosher. What's the diff? What's the difference? Like what? What's going on? Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. So there are a bunch of different kosher certifiers out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are geographic in nature and sprang up geographically originally. So the Orthodox Union that you mentioned is based out of New York. Um, and and so they they're a large kosher kosher certifier and they certify mm-hmm. some products in Canada but also products around the world. Um, and our mandate, um, you know, I guess Kosher with Council of Canada. So we're quite active across Canada, but as we talked about at the beginning, globally as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a whole bunch of certifiers. You know, if you're in Lithuania, there's probably Lithuania kosher or. Um, Poland, there's probably Poland kosher. So there's lots of kosher certifiers around the world that represent their geographic areas. Now there is an umbrella group called AKO, the Association of Kosher Organizations. And we kind of meet and, um, you know, set minimum standards. And so um, most of the large kosher certifiers are part of this organization. There are some that aren't. So there's sometimes where a kosher consumer, for example, might say, oh, you know, uh, I don't really recognize this kosher Namibia. Um, what's this all about? Um, no offense to kosher Namibia if it exists, but I'm just trying to pick an example, you know. Um, so there are definitely, there is a situation where some kosher certifications are less recognized than others. Um, 
like our kosher Namibia example. Um, So uh, I think a retailer and a manufacturer wants to choose one that is well-recognized by consumers uh, and is accepted. Um, But aside from that, the major certifiers are kind of, and we work together and we're friends and we have conferences where we share best practices. Um, So it's actually a very nice thing to see when, you know, I I would assume that in other industries, um, the leaders of, uh, I don't know, let's say Rogers and Bell and TELUS don't sit together and say, hey, how can we make this industry better? They might, I don't know. Um, but that's indeed what happens with the kosher industry that, you know, that the, the we do sit together and are fr- we're friends and uh, and we just try to raise the Sanders in the industry. That's wonderful. One other question too I had, this just came up. I was at a dinner a few weeks ago. So there was a talk, well, if it's organic, it's kosher. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. That is not the yeah, case. So if you're organic, you have to get certified for kosher. Is that right? You have to be certified kosher. You have to be certified kosher. And also organic yeah. Organic is, is its own, you know, certification. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, it's not it's not related. Really. Yeah. But if you want to be certified kosher, you got to be certified kosher, whether you're organic or not. That's right. That's the OK. There's okay. some, you know, there's some crossovers between yeah. the certifications. And I think it's certainly helpful for us from our perspective when a company is certified by, you know, let's say it has a food safety certification, BRC or SQF or something like that. So now that means the company knows this is how we organize our ingredients, how we organize our manufacturing. So it definitely helps. And there's some crossover, but, you know, kosher stands on its own, as do I think most of the certifications. Is there, is there, when you talk about restaurants, when you're kosher, because then you have the, you have the, in Toronto, you have, there's an organization that certifies it health wise. I don't know what it's called. I don't know off the top of my head. But does kosher go through the entire is there a difference from the, the restaurant level? Like in terms of like like kosher food? Is it also mean cleanliness? Is it also is it does it cover a bunch of things like when they when a restaurant's done? Well, kosher certification in a restaurant setting is very different than it is in a factory, okay. right? In a factory, you're kind of banging out, let's say, the same widget over and over again, and there's processes in place and so it's controlled right and so our our rabbis our kosher inspectors don't have to be there the whole day at let's say kellogg's because we know how they're making the cornflakes but uh, a restaurant is really different right and you know you run out of uh i don't know mayonnaise you got to get more or uh it's it's very it's very fluid so in those situations uh, the kosher inspectors are present a lot more frequently most of the time you know, there's actually somebody who's there on staff who who's wow. yeah who works there whose job it is to um, be the kosher um, inspector, but also works for the business. So um, so it's a lot more dynamic in the food service area. Oh. But but to answer the second part of your question, you know, we kind of learned over the years that we our expertise is in kosher, and we we stick to that for the most part. Um, you know. Toronto Public Health or whatever yeah. the regulatory body is uh, in any particular city will handle. That's their expertise. Is yeah. you know the CFIA in Canada, let's say, will uh, will look after um, things of, of food safety. But um, but we stick to what we know best, which is right. kosher. Okay, thank you. That's good. That's good. To, that's good to clarify. Thank you. Now, so what do you see? What do you see the the trends like? What's the future hold? Where, where where's this going? What do you see the trends look like for 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 food kosher food? Where do you see things going for uh, you, your organization, and just food in general? So, right. So you know, in general, um, 
kosher is a uh, is an ancient tradition, right? It's been around for you know three thousand years, um, but it is modern in its application, right? So that means that wherever the industry goes, um, we will go with it, right? So we have, let's say, for example, we've modernized so that it used to be that you know you need to make sure that every single ingredient that you have in your product is kosher, right? So they would either send a fax to the office, right? Here are the ingredients and maybe here's the kosher certificates, but that's not the way we do it anymore, right? We have a sophisticated computer database, an online portal where companies, you know, mm-hmm. submit the ingredients and products. And we don't have to go to the factory the next day saying, okay, let me see everything. We can see it in the database. These are the ingredients. These are the products. And the next time we visit the factory, then we can verify that what happened uh, in the computer is happening in real time. So I, I would I would say that we're, we're adapting technology. We're we're using it to the best of our ability. Um, but, but, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we're going to have, you know, robots being, uh, you know, being kosher certifiers. I don't think we're going to have any rabbi robots or anything like that. Um, I did go to a factory and I looked around and I said to the plant manager, uh, it was a quite a large factory. I said, where are all your employees? And he said, they're all robots. These robots are, uh, these are the best employees because they don't ask for sick time. They don't take vacations. <laughs> they they don't want to unionize these robots. Yeah. And uh, and they're the best. So we certainly have, have seen increased automation in plants. And I think that will continue. Um, so, but basically, wherever the industry is going, I think kosher is going to go along with it. Interesting. So if you have a plant that makes, uh, I don't know, a chicken, some of the chicken, it's not only the chicken they use, it's also the ingredients, the spices, it's, it's it's all of it, and yeah, the bear right. belts. It's it's the whole. It's entire. Does it also what packaging? Does it apply to packaging too? That's a good question. And for the most part, work? patching is not, is not is not an issue. Okay. Yes, yeah. but but you're right. Every ingredient, every sub ingredient, and sometimes that can be complicated because you could have let's say a flavor that has I don't know a hundred sub ingredients. So it can be complicated. But for the most part, something's going to have a kosher certificate. And it and, and you see, you know, if you go into the supermarket, about half of the products that are on shelves of supermarkets are kosher certified. They are so, kosher. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you see more and more. Like, right. I, like I said before, I saw it in the natural food industry. It's like almost like the norm now. I'm surprised when I don't see it. Right. You know, it's become the norm. And there's all changes going on in packaging, too. They become biodegradable packaging made with food. I don't know. Who knows how this thing's going to play out? But uh, look, congratulations on everything you've accomplished, and and this was very. I'm Jewish, and I learned something. Okay, okay good. I, I, learned, I learned something. Right, this was this was very very insightful, very insightful. Well, yeah. thank you, and thanks, Bruce, for having me on podcast and for all the great work that you're doing. Oh, uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, and thank you. Is there anything else that you want to share that I didn't ask? That you thought was important for the listeners that you thought might be uh, important. I just want to wish my uh, kids uh, happy going back to school. I know they're really excited about that. Um, and to all the kids out there that are going back to school, uh, hopefully this is a, a great, wonderful, normal year. Um, Hopefully, yeah. And, uh, and thanks, thanks to you for all the great work that you do. Thank you so much, Richard. Everybody, have a wonderful day. Thank you.